first of all, he will around here is treated like a god. I mean, I'll never find out what he could really do. I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Remember, don't get stuck with another sticker company. Stick with StickerYeti.com for all of your sticker needs and much, much more. Sticker Yeti is the place for all of your needs when it comes to stickers. Check them out today. Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Uh, this is episode number 199. We're closing in on that number 200 mark. Uh, you can listen to all of our shows at Keeping the Nostalgia Alive. That's all one word, keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. Uh, and you can download shows at uh, your convenience to listen. We've got Kent, we have Kent Benson, Gene Cady, uh, you, you name it, anything that is associated with the game of uh, basketball in the state of Indiana, we have it on our program. So once again, that's keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel. Just go up to the search bar on YouTube and type in the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show and subscribe to our shows because our shows are also on the, our YouTube channel. And with that being said, today, normally I have to do quite a bit of research for each guest that I have on the program. Today's was very easy because I already know the person that's coming on the program. I think it's been about 34, 35 years since I've seen him. But uh, we're going to have, we have on Coach Tom Renchie. Coach Renchie, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule during this lockdown to help keep the nostalgia law live and talk about uh, Indiana high school basketball and baseball. Oh, you're welcome, Billy. Glad to be on. You know, I was, uh, uh, you know, when I was in high school, you know, my freshman year in high school, played soccer for you, and of course you got me associated with the basketball program, and uh, of course you went to Fort Wayne Concordia, uh, and if I'm, not right. mis- if I'm not mistaken, you uh, were a three-sport athlete. Uh, tell us a little bit about growing up, Wrenchy, and tell us a little bit about your mom and dad, and also, you know, where you did go to high school. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Indianapolis, and uh, went to grade school on the south side of Indianapolis at Calvary Lutheran grade school, which was uh, a couple blocks from Southport High School. And right before we, I started high school, my dad's job moved to Fort Wayne. It was a phone company job. And so we moved to Fort Wayne about two months before I started high school. And I attended uh, Fort Wayne Concordia Lutheran High School and uh, went all four years there. And really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a great school. I played, uh, lettered in three sports there, uh, cross country and basketball and baseball. And uh, we had some pretty good teams up there in Fort Wayne. My senior year, we went to the state finals, the final four, they called it back then, before class. Uh, just, you know, they had one, one class. And we went to the final four in the uh, state high school baseball tournament. And uh, that was quite a thrill to play at the old Victory Field, Bush Stadium out on West 16th Street here in Indianapolis. That's before the Indians, you know, moved downtown where they're at now. But uh, it was really a nice experience going to Concordia. I was glad I got to go all four years. Did your dad play any athletics? Because he went to Tech High School, correct? Yes, he did. He was a very good basketball player. Uh, unfortunately, he went to Tech High School in uh, 1938. They had 7,000 students at Tech High School, which was one of the largest high schools in the nation. And uh, his freshman year, he tried out for basketball, and he, he always told me this story. He said he, there were like 400 kids that tried out, and they cut about 200 the first night. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He was kind of like me. He was kind of a late bloomer. He he was pretty small when he was a freshman, and uh, so he he didn't make the team. But he you know he played a lot of uh, basketball leagues around town. Uh, a lot of basketball fans remember the old Dearborn Hotel gym on on uh, East Michigan Street. A lot of uh, famous players played there, and he played on on a team called the Indianapolis Flashes, and. Uh, he got to be pretty well known around town and uh his senior year the, the coach at tech called him in and said hey bob uh you know this sorry it never worked out for you here at tech but 
I've got to have a connection there with a coach at Franklin College. And would you like to go there and, and you know play some basketball? So Dad thought about it, and he was working at the time. After, and uh, then he graduated from Tech, and then uh, he worked a little while. And then World War II came, and he was drafted into the Army and served 22 months overseas. And uh, when he came back, he, you know, he started working at the phone company and uh, just never really played, you know, college basketball or anything or went to college. But uh, he was a really a good ball, ball player in his day. You know, uh, both your uh, father and mother would come to as many games as possible that I remember. Um, and, and I'm assuming uh, you, you've lost both of them, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, dad, uh, mom passed away. She was 91 and then dad passed away. Uh, he was 93. Well, they lived a good long life, uh, but you're right. They were never missed a game ever since I was in grade school. I don't think, uh, they were always there. And dad was actually my little league coach and, uh, basketball coach in grade school and uh so they were a big part of my life growing up in sports if you would have stayed in indianapolis would you have gone to manual well uh, i was born in the fountain square area on prospect street and when i was about three years old we moved down to uh, around southport so i would have attended southport my sister actually went three years to southport and then she went her senior year up at Concordia in Fort Wayne. What sport did you like most going through high school? Was it, was it, I mean, I, I'm going to assume that you ran just to kind of keep yourself in shape, but maybe a cross country was one of your favorite, but was baseball your favorite sport going through high school? Well, it kind of varied. I, uh, you're right. I ran cross country. Uh, at the time at Concordia, you had to run uh, cross country or play football to, to go out for basketball. So it was a good way to stay in shape. And I actually played, you'll be a laugh out of this, Billy. I actually played football my freshman year. <laughs> I was 5'7", 110 pounds. <laughs> and I was on the line, believe it or not. <laughs> so my football career didn't go very far. Uh, in my sophomore year, I started running cross country. And that, you know, developed uh, cardiovascular, you know, strength and body strength and uh so then I, you know, went into basketball and baseball from there. But uh, like I say, we had some, you know, pretty good teams at Concordia the years that I was there. But your question, uh, I kind of, when basketball was going on, I was all in basketball. That's all I could think about. And as soon as that season ended, I was ready for baseball. So I, I kind of liked them both about the same, just depending on, depending on what season it's going into. And what, uh, in growing up, up there in Fort Wayne, did you have a uh, favorite baseball team that you would watch or listen to on the radio or watch on the TV? Well, I said listen to it on the radio. Man, I just made you really, really old, didn't I? No, did you, did you, <laughs> what What was some of your favorite baseball teams? Well, when I was a kid, my dad would take me down to uh, Bill Crosley Field, Cincinnati Reds, and that was kind of my first team that I fell in love with and followed the Reds, uh, and also the Chicago White Sox. And we'd go up to Chicago and go to the White Sox games. So those were the two teams that I kind of grew up with and followed. Uh, now I'm a big Yankees fan. So I, <laughs> well, you kind of you kind of went through phases though a little bit, right? You were a Dodgers fan for a little while too, right? Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I have several teams I uh, still follow, and I kind of, you know, became a Cubs fan when they started on a roll there, and uh, so it, I just didn't, you know, enjoy the game watching it. And I'm hoping they get started here. It sounds like they're going to maybe get started. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be interesting though with a, a 50 or 60 game schedule. They're definitely definitely oh, going to have an asterisk on it, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it'll be a lot different. Um, yeah. you but, know, uh, it, it was totally different back when you were a youngster in high school. But it, at what point did you start 
thinking about uh, your college choice, and, and we all know that you went to Ball State University, but were there other places right. that you could have possibly gone and uh, uh, played either baseball or uh, basketball? Well, my senior year, uh, I had a couple visits for basketball to Toledo, University of Toledo, and, and the Bowling Green. And I went there and talked to the coaches. And then I decided, well, I'll go to Ball State. So, you know, I want to stay in the state of Indiana. And uh, so I enrolled at Ball State. I uh, actually started a little late. I, I, I worked for six months before I started college. I was kind of young for my age. I was only 16 years old when I was a senior in high school. And I uh, didn't turn 17 until November of my senior year. So I thought, well, I would have loved to have another year in high school, but it uh, didn't work out that way because I started school early. And uh, so I went to Ball State. And at the time, in the NCAA, freshmen could not play varsity sports. So they had a freshman team. And uh, since I started later, I had to wait a while. So the, the picture you sent me of the Ball State freshman team, Mm-hmm. That was quite a good, quite a good team, but I talked to coach. Uh, it was the coach was Carl Medic. She used to be coach at Tech. He was the freshman coach at Ball State, and you know I told him, well, I just got here at the time. Ball State was on a quarter system, and I started in the, the uh, spring quarter. So, you know, I talked to him about walk, trying to walk on. I didn't have a scholarship. He goes, yeah, you can work out with us and. Uh, you could be like the student manager says, Oh, okay, I'll, I'll do that. It was kind of cool though. I got to practice every night with the team, you know, just like I was on the team. And it was really cool to get that experience. Uh, but I couldn't actually play because I, you know, started, started late. So I had to wait a while. And that kind of put me behind because, you know, if you're not on scholarship, you know how it is in college, it's kind of hard to walk on and stick. But, uh, but my freshman year, I played uh, on the freshman baseball team at Ball State. And uh, then the following year, this is when I you know, tried to walk on with the basketball team, but uh, it didn't work out. So I just, you know, played some intramural sports and things like that. And uh, during the summer, I played some semi-pro baseball in Indianapolis and Fort Wayne and uh, Columbus, Ohio. So I got to, you know, play against some pretty good players in those leagues. Did you, uh, did did you pitch? Yes, I was a pitcher and a first baseman in high school and college. And, uh, my senior year, like I say, we went to the state finals at Concordia. I played first base. Uh, we had two pretty good pitchers. We had a left-hander and a right-hander. And, uh, the left-hander started the game and, uh, we were known for de- defense all all the season, and uh, we kind of fell apart in the final game, the state finals against Bloomington. At that time, Bloomington just had one high school, which is now Bloomington South, and uh, that's who we played. And we got beat by them, and then uh, Lafayette Jeff beat South Spencer, and then Lafayette Jeff beat Bloomington for the uh, 1969 state championship. What was Bush? What, what was Bush? Like, what was Bush Stadium like at that time? Oh, it was really cool. It was sort of like remember the movie The Natural. Oh yes. You know, it's like playing there. It was it was really cool. They had the uh, the ivy on the the wall, sort of like Wrigley Field. And at the time, you know, they were the Indianapolis Indians. They had a TP out in center field, in a fence, and uh, it was really a, a neat setting out there at the old ballpark. But I remember I was playing first base, and they had just painted the seats. <laughs> and the sun was glaring off of those seats. I could hardly see on first base from the glare. But <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun to play there. And uh, that was quite an accomplishment for a school of 900 kids to go all the way to the state finals in, in baseball. Give everybody uh, give everybody a little bit of an idea of uh, what freshman basketball was like in college. You know, it was uh, very competitive. The, the team that 
when I was a freshman with a very good team. And a matter of fact, it was kind of well, a well-known team around the nation. Uh, the best player, you've probably heard of Larry Bowlington. Mm-hmm. He's one of the leading all-time scorers in Ball State history. He was on the team as well as some other players. And uh, it was really a good team. I remember the first game, I think we played Notre Dame. And beat, I beat Notre Dame. It was at Notre Dame. Uh, and some other, I think we only lost one or two games that year. I remember losing losing to Dayton at Dayton Arena. Uh, but that was one of the few games that we lost that year. And uh, so it was really a fun experience. Was Adrian Dantley was was, was Adrian Dantley on that uh, Notre Dame squad? No, uh, let's see. That was more near the time. Of, I don't know if you remember the name John Shoemaker. Yes, I do. Yeah, he was around that time. Around that time. Yeah, but I think that was right when they first opened the Notre Dame Arena, where they're at now, and uh, we got to play there, which was quite an experience. Did, but, you, uh, like did, said, was, did you, did um, you, was it kind of hard that since you started a little bit late, you still played baseball, you still played basketball, you still, still did intramural sports, was, did you have to make a decision on what you were going to do for your career? Was it kind of hard to give up those two sports? Yeah, it was. I, uh, you know, even after I graduated, I still played, you know, like, league basketball baseball into my 30s so uh, it was kind of hard to give it up as it is for everybody that plays sports um but i like i say i uh while i I was at ball state i went from six i was six three when i was a senior in high school from i went from five seven to six three and then i went went to ball state i grew three more inches so when i was a senior ball state i was six six about two 210 pounds so I, you know, lifted weights there and all that got stronger. And uh, so, you know, I continued playing. And then then I started focusing more on, you know, getting my degree from Ball State, which I did in uh, physical education. And I had another major in social work. And then I concentrated on, you know, getting a teaching position uh, to further my career in that area. And how hard was that to do? Was that something you were doing before you graduated from college? With how hard was it to get a teaching position? Back then, it was actually pretty hard. Um, I was very fortunate, and uh, I was hired in 1974, uh, like a month. I think it was a month before school started. Indianapolis Public Schools hired me at uh, Riverside school number 44 on the west side of Indianapolis. And that's where I started my teaching and coaching career. And uh, I coached. At that time, they didn't have baseball. in, in, uh, It was called a junior high back then. They actually had softball. So I coached softball and basketball and track and field. And also at that time, uh, I became an assistant baseball coach at Christmas Attics High School. I did that for about six years. So that's kind of where I began my coaching career as well as teaching. How hard was it to be the assistant coach at Christmas Attics? I mean, I know um, at, you know, with the, 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 ba- the basketball history that Attics had, you know, after – after those, you know, big years with the big O and stuff like that, they were they were kind of treated like the stepchild of IPS high schools. Would you agree? Yes, they were. They uh, kind of IPS was going through a lot of changes at that time, uh, closing schools, laying off teachers. Uh, so it was kind of a difficult time. Several schools kind of got put aside and forgotten for a while, but. Uh, you know, Attics actually closed for a while and came back as a middle school and then became a high school again. So I was glad to see that. And they've had a lot of success there at Attics the last several years. Yes, under Coach Hawkins. He's a great young coach. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. When I was there, uh, I actually coached, uh, you know, Bill Garrett. Mm-hmm. 
his son played baseball at Addicts, Billy Garrett Jr. So I coached him in high school. So I had some very good athletes there. And it was close to where I taught. I taught at School 44, which was just two minutes from Addicts. So I'd just leave school and drive across the street almost and then coach there at Addicts. Now, if I'm not... Then if, I, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I after, I think it was 1981, that's when I left and uh, enrolled, or started teaching and coaching at Broad Ripple. And was Coach Smith originally at 44 also? Yes, that's where I actually met Coach Smith. He was the basketball coach and PE teacher there at the school 44. He taught history also. And uh, that's where I met him. He'd come to the games and watch, and then uh, one day called me aside and said, Hey, Coach, I like the way you're coaching. How would you like to help coach at Broad River with me? So I said, yeah, great. So that's when I started. Uh, actually, it was 1978. I started coaching Broad Ripple, and I was still teaching at 44. So I you know, did a lot of driving at that time. I'd go from 44 to Addicts to Broad Ripple. And uh, so I did that for a couple of years. And then uh, uh, teaching opening, Rodney Clark, Coach Clark. I know you know Coach Clark. Yes. He uh, left broad ripple and went to warren central so that's when i took his spot at broad ripple in teaching pe and then i that's where i started my coaching career there at broad ripple with coach smith what when you arrived at broad ripple did you foresee because the players that that were on your state championship team did you foresee how good that that team was going to be in 78 or the players were going to evolve to be? Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah. They, um, you could tell right then that that was a special team. And, uh, just from the way they played, worked together, their work ethic, they were just destined for greatness. And, uh, it turned out that, that we were when we won the state championship in 1980. What was it like to coach with Coach Smith, especially uh, those first couple of years and, of course, uh, the uh, state championship year? It was an awesome experience. I, uh, like I say, I owe a lot to Coach Smith because he gave me, my, gave me my start in coaching in high school, and he was just an awesome individual, a great man, uh, he was a great coach, not only with X's and O's, but with things like game preparation, game situations, motivation of players, coaching strategies. He just had it all. Now, Coach Smith, he did demand 100% from uh, his players, assistant coaches, all the way down to student managers, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone else associated with the program you better be on your your game your a game or he would let you know about it <laughs> i remember my first first year there first year uh we're in the old gym there broad ripple and we're having tryouts and uh at that time i was the freshman coach so i i had my freshman team sitting on the top bleachers watching varsity tryouts and uh he said okay coach Tell your kids, go down to the locker room. I said, okay, fellas, uh, go on down. He goes, you better get some gravel in your voice, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was kind of soft-spoken at the time. So that right there, I thought, man, I better get get myself together and be a little more forceful. So that, you know, that really helped me kind of come out of my shell and uh, be more vocal and uh, uh, le- leadership skills and all that type thing. I owe to Coach Smith. But um, but he, uh, you know, he was, you know, Coach Smith was an excellent athlete himself in high school and uh, college at Anderson College, Anderson University now, Wood High School. Uh, 
he had many years of success as a coach at Broad Ripple. He's a state championship coach. 1980, uh, he has the NBA experience with the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks, uh, helping Mike Woodson coach. Uh, uh, he's coached five Indiana All-Stars. Uh, his record and experience definitely qualifies him to be a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. And uh, I know you also agree with that totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The the numbers just it's just it when you make comparisons, you know, it's uh you know, it's like you can do with a lot of uh baseball players that are in the Hall of Fame and other ones that need to be in it. You know, it's uh it there's just no doubt. And also too, I was just thinking the other day, he rolled this one out to me. And I, I think if I'm not mistaken, he was drafted by the Houston Oilers. Yes, I believe you're right. Yeah, I was looking into that. Yeah. And I know now, we all definitely... Go ahead. Uh, I know we all kind of dig deep when we do stuff, but I remember, too, that uh, he was the first coach to win a state championship team, if I'm not mistaken, with an integrated high school. I believe you're right. Yeah. Yes, I believe you're right. But he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And um, I'm hoping, hoping we can make that happen. Was Coach Ring there, the AD when you arrived also in 78? Yes, he was. He was there when I arrived. Um, Mr. Glenn, Donald Glenn, was the principal, I remember, uh, when I actually started teaching there. But, yes, Mr. Ring, and he was uh, the athletic director there. You know, I could have kicked myself. I could have kicked myself for not getting more out of him. But what, I mean, he, he played for John Wooden. He played for yeah. Brant, he played for Branch McCracken. He played baseball right. and was a uh, uh, is in the uh, Indiana University Athletic Hall of Fame, whatever you call it. Uh, he played for the yeah. Indianapolis Indians for just a, a, a bit, but he really never cracked out of his shell and talked about it. I wish I would have gotten more out. Oh, of I him. know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I used to talk with him quite a bit, and he would mention some of that stuff, but he would never elaborate on his career and which he had quite a career. He was always kind of soft spoken. And, uh, but I was looking at the Indianapolis star ran a, I don't know if you saw it or not, but they were listing like 64 of the top high school teams of all time. And they listed by school, like 10 players from all, you know, all years. And they had one, Day they had South, I think South Bend Central, where he went to high school, and he was listed as one of the top players in that school history. So he was actually a very good basketball player. Baseball, I think baseball was his best sport. His but wife, fun. his wife, actually, I think it was two weeks ago, passed away. So I know. saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that in the paper. But he was yeah. very he was very quiet. But at, what a wealth of knowledge! I mean, I remember sitting in the athletic office, and you know this. You know, I was really. I mean, uh, uh, you and of course Coach Smith, and of, uh, of course Mr. Ring really kind of gave, gave me this passion for the game. And I was like, a, since I didn't mm-hmm. since I didn't play, I was like a sponge, so I took everything in. And I remember oh, si- yeah. I remember <laughs> sitting in his uh, athletic office, and uh, this guy coming in, going, "Is uh, is Gene here?" I said, "No, he stepped out. Uh, can I help you?" Oh, I'm Rick Mont from Emro Sporting Goods. I needed to drop this off to him, and you know, <laughs> you know, and but now that you, you know, you look back on it, I mean, I should have just taken more. I'm glad that I took in what I took in, but uh, that was just yeah. a a revolving door of uh, of greatness there at Broderpool. Oh, exactly right. Yeah, that's a lot of history there. Take us, take us through, yeah, I mean, take us through the state championship year. What? Uh, did you kind of feel at the beginning that you guys could go far? Did you guys was there unfinished business from the previous year? Take us through that season and what your thought process was, and you know, it may be a okay. little bit of a long of an an, long answer, but I'd like to hear your uh, thoughts on that season. Yeah, we started out the year with high hopes. Of course, we knew we we had a good team, and uh, we knew we could go far. And that's one thing with Coach Smith. Every year, he said, expect to win the state championship. We actually 
every year. He's, you know, expected to win the state. He always said, if you're not here to win state, you shouldn't be out here on the floor. And the kids, you know, developed that attitude. Like, well, we're, we're, we're not going to lose a game. We're going to win state. And uh, so that year, we actually lost two. We only lost two games. We were 29-2. and We lost. Uh, we won the city championship. And the next game, we played Indianapolis, Washington who in their own right was an awesome team. They had John Sherman Williams, Darren Fitzgerald, Ricky Johnson. I always said if we didn't win the state in 1980, Washington High School would have won it. That's how good they were. And we, uh, but we played them over at Washington. And I think it was Ricky Johnson hit a half-court shot at the buzzer to beat us. So that was our, our first loss of the season. Then we got on a roll and, went all the way to the second to the last game of the year. We played South Bend Clay, and I think they were ranked like sixth in the state that year. And I remember being at Broad Ripple, looking out the windows at school, and it's like a blizzard. I thought, oh, my gosh. We have to drive, take the bus all the way to South Bend. So we left Broad Ripple in this blizzard snowstorm, drove all the way to South Bend, we got there kind of late, and obviously, and uh, I remember walking into the gym, and South Bend Clay was actually out there warming up on the floor, uh, the JV team, and uh, so we hurried and got dressed, and we actually gave them a pretty good game. I think we lost by six points or something like that, but so that was our second loss, and then uh, we came back, and the last game of the year was always against Gary Roosevelt. You know, it was always tough. And uh, we beat Gary Roosevelt. And then from then on, sectional, Hinkle Fieldhouse was like our home floor. Back then, we played the sectional at Hinkle, the regional, the semi-state. And then, of course, the state championship was at Market Square Arena downtown. And uh, so we just got on a roll and... Went all the way, won the state championship. And, you know, of course, uh, Stacey Tran hit the 57-foot shot at the buzzer to beat Marion in the afternoon game. That was awesome. And uh, actually, I was listening to Dan Dockett's show the other day on the radio, and he was talking about the best Final Fours in Indiana high school basketball state history. And, of course, he said 1980 was most exciting final four ever and i have to agree because both afternoon games were won with zero zero on the clock uh, the first game and dan dockage played for gary andrean and they were playing new albany and i believe new albany was up by one point and a gary andrean player got fouled at the buzzer on a shot so he had two shots so he misses the first one. And if he hits one, it goes to overtime. If he hits two, they win the game. Well, he missed both shots. And New Albany ended up winning by one point. And then the second game, here comes, you know, Broad Ripple and Marion. And Stacy hits that 57-foot shot with 0-0 on the clock to win the game. And then, of course, the night game we beat New Albany. I think it was by nine points, I believe. Uh, so that to me was the best state finals ever in finals in 1980. And a lot of people will agree with that. What was it like in the huddle before, you know, the last possession of the game? And do you just, do you, do you still remember it today? What did you think it was going to go in? Did you think, Oh, we're going to go to overtime. Did you think, um, you know, what, what, what was your thought process as, as a coach and being on the bench and watching that whole uh, thing happen? Did it, or did it go by so fast you don't remember? Well, I, no, I do remember. I remember, uh, you know, we talked. We set up a couple plays where involved one involved a long pass down the court to try to get a shot. And then we, you know, also had Stacy there at the free throw line. And I remember Coach Smith said, if you can't get it down the floor, get it in to Stacy. So 
the original plan, they were marrying covered us on the path. So uh, we threw it into Stacy, uh, and he he didn't take a dribble. He just turned and shot. Actually, shot the ball. You know how Stacy was very strong, a football player too. And uh, he shot the ball, and it banked in at the you know at the last you know last second shot. There was one second on the clock. And um, we couldn't believe it because Marion tied the game. And then they actually, on tape, you can see it, they they actually called timeout. So that gave us one second, which, you know, the odds of that happening are, are pretty pretty low. <laughs> but uh, pretty high, I should say. But not scoring. And going. So we thought, you know, if we go into overtime, we go into overtime. But we were glad we didn't because we had four starters it was four starters with four fouls going into the fourth quarter. So we were fortunate that we didn't have to play another overtime period. But um, but after that, the team was really sky high. They were couldn't wait till that final game at night. How'd you guys? Cl- you how'd, how'd you guys? Cal- how'd you guys calm them down for that? Well, we like I say. Uh, we went back to Broad Ripple, which we always did. You know, Hinkle Fieldhouse was just five, ten minutes away from Broad Ripple. So during that time, during the tournament, we'd always go back to Broad Ripple. And you remember the old wrestling room there down the hall from Gene Ring's office? Yeah. Okay, we'd bed them down in there, and get I'd get them food ordered, and, and then they'd sleep and rest. And uh, Coach Clark and I had to go in the gym and play horse. We play, <laughs> we must have played two hundred games of horse. He was good. he was hard to beat. He could shoot, Coach Clark. So then we, you know, get them ready to go, and they'd be all rested. And uh, so we did the same after the afternoon game in the state finals at Market Square Arena. So you know, then we got them downtown, got them ready, talked to them before the game, and you could just see it in their eyes. They were they were pumped up. They were ready to go. And, uh, you know, of course, New Albany was undefeated. Mm-hmm. I believe they were like 29-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. They, hadn't, they hadn't lost a game all year. They had a guard, uh, Richie Johnson, who was six foot nine. I remember I have a picture of King Duke, who was, you know, 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, guarding Johnson, who was 6'9". And uh, so they had a – they had – their starting lineup was six nine, six eight, six eight, six five, and six three, something like that. So they were definitely a tough team. But we uh, played an awesome game that night and uh, ended up winning the state championship. So as kind as, of the, as a coach, though, how I mean, what how long did that high last? I mean, I had to. I mean, you got the newspaper the next morning. We were all plastered in it, and what? Uh, what oh yeah. We, uh, when we left Market Square Arena, you know, the big trophy, I actually carried that trophy to the bus. (laughs) And then on the way back, we got near Broad Ripple and came down the side street, Compton Street along Broad Ripple there. And there were fans, students lined up all the way down Compton Street, jumping around and banging on the bus and yelling and gave us a very nice reception in the gym when we got back. But uh, we were pretty pumped up for quite a while after that. <laughs> how did, how does that, how does that translate to, I mean, you guys have, uh, the schools won a state championship. Were you looking for opportunities or were opportunities looking for you? Or were you happy where you were at, at the broader pro, uh, basketball program at that time? Uh, yes, I was uh, actually in the, in the eighties, I basketball and IPS was very strong. Uh, you know, you had, uh, Washington tech, uh, short Ridge at the time, uh, manual, you had some really good teams. And, um, the, I was going to tell you that it was the year that we won the state, we played Washington in the regional. And that, like I say, the winner of that game, I thought was going to win the state championship. 
and we won. It was a close game, but uh, we kind of had a years ago. They used to dress down in the basement of Hinkle Fieldhouse. There was like, remember the ramp mm-hmm. run all the way down to mm-hmm. the base, the locker room? Right. Well, we always wanted to be the second team up. We didn't want to go up first. So, <laughs> so Washington's down there, and we're down there in different locker rooms, but we're waiting on the other one to go up. And uh, so finally, the one of the directors came down and said, hey, or I think it was Gene Rain. He said, come on, Coach Smith, you you got to get up here. We've got to <laughs> And I remember him saying, no, we're not going until Washington goes up. So finally, they went on up, and then we went up after them. And, uh, but we had Mike Woodson sitting on our bench, I remember, and they had Steve Downing sitting on their bench. So it was really cool. I mean, like I say, it was a good game. We, we, we beat them and then, uh, went all the way from there, but they were a very good team, but, but there were some really good teams in IPS at that time. Poor Basil Sofredo couldn't get a break, could he? Oh, I know. He had some bad luck, Man. I guess. And, you know, also Fred Belzer of Manuel couldn't get a break. I know it. He had some really good teams. Yeah. He, uh, I remember he had a, a kid named Bri- Byron, Byron, Brian or Byron? Bri- Byron Frierson. Yeah. He was an all-state football player, too. He was like 6'5", 260, 70. He was a big guy. And uh, he actually, I helped Coach Smith coach the Indian All-Stars in 1980. And uh, he was put on the team as an alternate. And uh, But he was a good basketball player, too. But he went on in football in college. Uh, but Manuel had a re- very good team that year. I yeah. remember playing them at Manuel. We, they were like people. It was packed and sold out. And uh, I think the game was... They had some footage on TV, and uh, it was a good game. But we ended up winning, but uh, Belzer had some good teams at Manuel. How, how does it feel knowing that you uh, were a part of, not really, but you, we were a part of the making of the movie Hoosiers? That was really cool. You know, that's funny you bring that up. I was just watching Hoosiers. They had it on TV the other night, and it uh, brought back a lot of memories because we, we were actually playing, I think it was Chittard, the night that they filmed the final shot. when Jimmy Chitwood hit the shot. And I remember they did it at halftime because we, during our game uh, at halftime, Chittard and Broad Ripple went to their locker rooms and then they, the uh, film crew set up and then they filmed the final shot. But it's kind of weird during the game because they'd fit, they'd shoot like crowd scenes where everybody they'd have everybody yell or scream and it'd be during our game during a timeout or something. It's like wow, <laughs> it's kind of weird. But it was a neat experience to be there during Hoosiers. Coach, they want you to be the soccer coach. Uh, you were what? What did you think about that? Or did you think you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, this is an yeah, extra three I, uh, or four hundred dollars, or what did you think about that? Well, here's how that worked out. I, you know, I coached cross country at Broad Ripple. I coached basketball. I coached baseball. And Mr. Glenn called me during the summer one summer. Said, "Hey, coach, he goes, uh, we're going to start a soccer team here. How about you <laughs> coaching it?" <laughs> you know, I didn't know that much about soccer. I thought, "Well, sure, I'll do it." So. I took over the soccer team and started the team and read up, you know, a lot of books on soccer. And it was actually kind of fun. We uh, had a pretty good year. I remember I had one really good soccer player. Uh, I remember, uh, I think it was Wes Priest. Yes. He actually played on a national championship team at IU, I believe, in soccer. Yeah, in 88. But he was hit. Yeah. He played at Broad Ripple when it first started, and then after a couple of years, his father took over coaching. But uh, that's how the soccer program got started at Broad Ripple. So, so, you know, so what is interesting is uh, just before I started Broad Ripple High School, um, my family all went to Washington High School, and 
they took me to a football game one um, late August evening, and of course Broderick was playing Washington, and that's where I met uh, you and I met uh, um, uh, Coach Siegel before I even got to Broderick. So uh, that's what led me to actually play soccer and go out for soccer. But I have a story that I don't know if you know, but I'd like to share it with you about uh, a game that we were having in soccer. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you remember Paul Fry. Yeah. Both Paul and I had gone to school since second grade, and I remember we were playing somebody, and I never got in. I was, you know, I was like, you know, I just so I'm just goofing off over on the sidelines, and you know, there's so, you know, I think Doug Jones, I think uh, Doug Jones played. I think uh, um, there was just so many. Uh, Jeff Feltner played. I think there's just so many, you know better soccer players but i don't know if we were getting beat or what it was but i was goofing off on the sidelines with paul and all of a sudden i hear billy and i'm like okay who's who's who? <laughs> i had to look someplace else because i knew it wasn't down at the uh, at the coach's end and it's a billy and i'm like yeah <laughs> get in there and i just remember being in there <laughs> and just being lost but uh um, I'm glad I did take uh, that opportunity to play soccer and then, of course, get to know you and, you know, I've spent four oh, with, yeah. years with you there at Broderville. So what was it like to get yeah. the head baseball coaching job? That was really cool. I uh, coached the JV. Like I said, I started at Addicts, assistant coach. And then uh, when I got to Broderville, I was the JV coach for a while. John Tremaine was the head coach for a lot of many years. And then uh, – he, uh, let's see, how was that? Gosh, I think he became athletic director. And so I took over the head baseball job at Broad Ripple. And uh, that was really cool. We uh, had some good teams. I I remember uh, one memory that really sticks out in my mind. Uh, I think it was your senior year. Remember Terry Bryant? Remember Terry? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Mason, his brother. Yeah. We, uh, I don't think this has ever been done before. Probably never has been ever. But we beat Cathedral on a, I think it was a Thursday night. It played at Riverside Park. The next night, we played Chittard at Chittard and beat Chittard. Jerry Bryant pitched. And uh, that's something to beat Cathedral and Chittard back-to-back. Especially, you know, IPS was not really known for baseball back then. But we had some pretty good teams and uh, played some pretty good baseball back then. Yeah, I think that your first, I think one of those years, you went 12 and 12, we went to the sectional finals. I mean, we came up against Ritter, but yeah. uh, but that was a uh, yeah. that was pretty good record for And And you got to remember, too, I think that was the best record at Broderbowl at the time. And you got to remember uh, Frank Baird, who was in the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame and Basketball and right. Football Hall of Fame, had coached there. So that was a pretty good accomplishment. Right. You're right. Yeah, that was. Because that was, yeah, that was, you know, Frank Baird was good, good. Good guy, good coach. Uh, well, that was quite an accomplishment. I wonder where that baseball went because that baseball was in one of the trophy cases. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, I don't know what happened to all that stuff. Hopefully, they put it in storage or somewhere. Uh, but you know, even the I know the state championship basketball trophy from 1980. I believe they donated that to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame in Newcastle. Really. When you go in, I think it's in there. I think I saw it in there. And then I think we they got another one put in the trophy case at Broad Ripple. Did you, have you ever been to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame? Yes, I've been there several times. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Now, well, my next question is, is once I let everybody know that you were going to be on the program, the outpouring of of gratitude toward you and what you've done in your career and the outpouring of of just comments and positive vibes was just amazing. But I know we don't want to talk about this, but how much in your coaching career is politics involved? Well, there's, you know, that's something you have to deal with, definitely. And uh, it's just part of the game. I mean, it's sad that it comes to that sometimes, but uh, it happens. You know, it happened to me on a couple of occasions in my career but you know you can't get sorry you can't give up you just got to keep going on and uh, I always tried to teach that to my athletes that 
whatever you face, you know, never give up. Just keep going, and uh, things will turn out right for you. So what you lead, what what leads you to leaving Broderpool? Well, I, uh, as you know, I was the assistant coach with Coach Smith, and uh, he left Broad Ripple to get into politics. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, so he did that a few years, and right, it was a, my, the timing for me was terrible. It, right before he left, they closed Marshall High School and Attics High School, and the real at the time in IPS was if your high school is closed and you're a head coach in basketball, you get the first job that becomes available. Wow. So here's, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be the coach. And uh, here they close the two schools. So they asked, uh, I think it was Larry Humes at, at Addicts first, if he wanted to coach Rod Ripple. And at the time he declined and he uh, accepted a position at the university of Indianapolis as a coach. And then they uh, offered it to the Marshall coach who was Roger Schroeder at the time. And he accepted it. So he was there for three years and I was his assistant. And uh, you know, the story on Roger, he actually played on Milan in the 1954 state championship year and uh, so he had some interesting stories about that that we talked about. But uh, then the second round, the timing again, they, you know, I was, I think I had a record like 84 and six or something like that in at JV basketball in four years at Broad Ripple. Mm -hmm. And so this, you know, first time I thought, well, you know, for, I'll, coach with coach Schroeder for three years and then uh coach Schroeder left and they there was a change in uh, principles at the time same year and the new principal brought in uh JV coach from tech and and he was awarded the broad ripple job so that you know really was hard to swallow because I was you know really looking forward to being the head coach at broad ripple but it didn't work out so I just set my sights on my next goals, and uh, I actually, for one day, I was hired at Washington High School. Really? Uh, and yeah. I, uh, we, Joe Pearson was the coach at the time, and I called Joe. I said, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about leaving Ripple, and he said, hey, I need an assistant coach. Want coach with me? I said, okay, sure. So I went over to Washington during the summer and met the principal, and she showed me around, showed me my classroom, my health classroom, and the gym. And, and that same afternoon, I got home, and I had a message from Warren Central High School, and they offered me a position. So, you know, I hated to do that. I, I called Joe Pearson back up and said, hey, I've got this other offer. I think I'm going to take it. And, uh, at the time, it was like a pretty good leap financially, too, uh, between IPS and the township schools. So I went ahead and took that. And uh, then I you know, was the assistant coach at Warren Central for seven years. And then I was the head baseball coach at Warren Central. And uh, so that's how I got to Warren. And that's where I retired from after 44 years total teaching and coaching actually the last 15 years i was uh, i don't know if you knew this but i was uh coached at lutheran indianapolis lutheran high school i saw that on the southeast side. yeah yeah i was the uh, assistant baseball coach and basketball coach and uh recently up to last year i was still helping out a little bit with staff and things like that just to keep involved and then the pandemic hit so it kind of canceled everything out so that's kind of how i ended up at warren central uh after all the years you know at, at ripple and how different was it at 
how different was life as a coach or a teacher outside of the Indianapolis public school system? Uh, it was a little different. I don't know. I, you know, teaching to me was teaching. You're teaching kids. I don't care where you're at. You're teaching kids uh, to be positive and do the right thing. And uh, so I looked at it that way. I, of course, they were, back then, IPS was kind of behind uh, facility-wise. You know, the township schools had nicer facilities at the time. And, uh, when I left Broad Ripple, you know, they had the new gym, which was very nice. But in the old days, the old you remember the old gym at Broad Ripple? That was quite a place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Play. And uh, I think it's a library now. But, uh, but you know, Warren was... Uh, Big, you know, big school, big township, and uh, nice facilities and things like that. So, in that sense, it was it was uh, nice to move into that situation. Did you have success with the baseball program? Yes, we did. Uh, we actually, two thousand one, two thousand four, we were in the final game at, of the Marion County Championship, which is tough with all the Marion County schools. We played at uh, Victor Field downtown and we played Lawrence Central both years and 2001 we lost one to nothing and it was a tough game and then we played LC again in 2004 I think we lost eight to three or something like that but but that was quite an experience getting to play down there at Victor Field under the lights so that was cool yeah, it's very neat. I remember a lot of our baseball games that we'd play at Riverside. Uh, my grandpa would pick me up from the games, and we'd go down to Bush Stadium and play uh, and watch, you know, Triple A baseball. So it's that's a it's a beautiful oh, yeah. it's a beautiful and uh, historic uh, uh, stadium. It really is. Yeah, very it's very nice stadium. Was I th- have it, you been by the old? I, I've actually, been by the old, uh, I've, I've actually been by the old, and I've seen where they've made it into apartments, and of course I've uh, I've seen a couple of baseball games at Victory Field too. It's kind of neat the way they did yeah. the old one. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I drove back there one day, and they actually the field is still there. You know, it's not as nice. Obviously, it's nice. There's weeds and things, but but they kind of left the front of the facade kind of. So from the outside, it kind of looks the same, but obviously it's a lot different now. People did, living there. Did you go to Coach but, Smith? Uh, did you go to Coach Smith's um, um, memorial? Yes, I did. It, it, it was at Broad Ripple High School, and that was really a nice uh, turnout. There were a lot of former players there, and uh, uh, Coach Smith's wife uh, called me and asked me if I would speak at the memorial. So that was an honor. Uh, George Hill spoke, and Mike Woodson, and I spoke. Uh, about my experiences with Coach Smith, and uh, it was really a very nice event. A lot of people there. It was in the auditorium at Broad Ripple. We also lost Coach Cooley uh, in the past year too, haven't we? I know. I saw that. Yeah, Coach Cooley. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, I knew he had been Ill, Ill for a while, but uh, it was he, sad to lose him. He was a character. Yeah. He was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, another thing pops in my mind. I don't think it's ever been done since then or ever. Oh, yeah. In 1980, 1986, yeah. your senior year, yeah. we won the Varsity City Tournament, the JV City Tournament, and the Freshman City Tournament. Yep. All three levels. So I don't think that's ever been done before in one year. When you when you coached at Broderpool, did you find yourself? Did you have to calm a uh, calm Coach Smith down? Did he get ejected from any games where you or the other you know that you had to end up coaching the rest of the game? Uh, yes, a couple times. Uh, did you roll out the picket fence? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was you know he could get pretty heated at times and. Uh, a couple times he did get tossed, and uh, uh, I was kind of Mr. Ring at times. Said, oh, "Tom, he's watching now. If he gets going too much, get out there and get him." <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny. But and Coach Clark, you know, he was there too. He, 
help out coach uh, if he'd get tossed. But, uh, but it, you know, it was a lot of good memories there from Broad River. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember coach coach yeah. smoked on and off, and there would be times where he, he'd uh, quit smoking, and all of a sudden he'd be like, hey, uh, go – Go get my go get my suit jacket. I need my cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He'd always. I think he quit a hundred times, but he'd start up again. But oh uh, uh, yeah, that was something. So are you? Yeah. Are you, so are you retired? Or are you what? What do you do now? Yeah, I retired from forty-four years of teaching, uh, coaching. Uh, just kind of enjoying myself now. Uh, it's nice to spend time with my wife, you know, Carolyn, we got married in 1976 when I first started teaching. And, uh, so it's nice to spend time with her and we have a dog and three cats. I get a lot of walks in with our dog. Edith. So <laughs> she keeps me busy. Um, but it's, it's kind of nice just relaxing. And, uh, it's kind of with this pandemic though, I, I was working out four days a week at LA fitness. You know, then the pandemic hit, and they closed the place. So I think it's open now partially, but I'm not real thrilled about going back in there right now <laughs> into a gym with people sweating and jumping around. So kind of have to wait on that. So I'm kind of working out on my own, my own here at home. Now, the coolest uh, thing, the coolest thing about Coach Smith and you was once again you probably don't know the story you'd be i'd be walking to school because i had to walk and uh either the camaro would give me a ride into the rest of the way to school or the corvette would give me a ride to the rest of the way into school so oh you, yeah i remember that do you still do sports cars yeah, yeah i uh actually i've kind of gone the other way into the classic car really i actually uh years old it's been Seven, eight years ago, I actually purchased a car to help transport my mom and dad around because they later in years got using wheelchairs. And so I, I bought a 1979 Cadillac four-door mm. sedan. Ooh. And I was at a Ball State football game one, one Saturday, and I saw this beautiful blue Cadillac sitting with a for sale sign on it. So I called. When I got home, and the guy said, yeah, I'm, my father-in-law, he's up in age, in his age, 82, and said he wants to sell it. So I, I said, well, how much you want for it? Oh, $4,000. 4000 That was a steal. The car actually had, when I, when I bought it, 65,000 original miles, and the same body, paint, everything was perfect. So I, he drove it down here from Muncie and met me at Southern Plaza on the south side. And I test drove it and wrote him a check for four grand, and I had it ever since. So I keep it in a storage garage over here by our house. <laughs> but uh, but back in 78, I think I had that Camaro, and uh, Coach Smith was always into the Corvettes. And <laughs> I think he even had a Jaguar. <laughs> Remember that? For a couple of years. <laughs> uh, yes. But uh, it's it's really great to reminisce and go the old memories with uh, coaching and you know I, I always appreciated you there at Broad Ripple because you were right on you were work worked hard and could always rely on you to get the job done and oh you know uh, I, you know I was a pain in the I was a whiny pain in the ass you know that oh <laughs> no you were yeah. hey is uh I is, was is, looking go ahead. I was looking at the 86 picture there. You know, when we were ranked number one undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other manager at the time, was that uh, what, Otto? Yeah, Eric Otto. Eric, yeah, Eric yeah. Otto. I wonder what ever happened to him. Well, he's, uh, whatever he, whatever he's doing, I, I follow him on social media. We're friends on Facebook, and, you know, he's always doing something that looks like he's done well. I mean, everybody, let's see. Uh, 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 Walter Shellman is uh, on Facebook doing well. I think he actually worked for the vice president, uh, Dick Cheney's detail when uh, uh, George Bush was president. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Jerome Clark passed away. That was Rodney's son, right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he was related. Okay. I, 
Yeah. Yeah, Michael Dodd. Uh, you remember, you remember Big Michael Dodd? Yeah. His, his daughter Dodd. just won a, a a state championship, I think, with uh, either Warren or Lawrence North. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've seen uh, yeah, Tom, Thomas is on Facebook. Kevin Bonds is on Facebook. Uh, Patrick yeah. Jocks is on Facebook. Uh, all the cheerleaders are on Kevin? Facebook. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kevin Lee, you're. Oh yeah. my gosh, that guy! He's a big movie guy, or a big um, music guy. He's, isn't he? he's huge. Yeah, he's given me a couple shout outs about some stuff, but he's uh, he's actually been wanting to do a movie about the '80 uh, championship season. Oh really? Yeah, and I told wow, him, I said, man, awesome. I said, man, if you want to do something like that, man, I'll be more than glad to help. So, uh, but he's a huge music yeah. mongrel. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I looked him up online, man. He's really up there. You know what? I, what was funny was I have a friend of mine whose father-in-law is Howard Cott. You remember him from Tech? Oh yeah, Howard Cat. I can't yeah. believe he's still alive. I know he's got to be ninety. Yeah. Ninety. Yeah. Yeah. But he was there at Tech for years. A great guy, though. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, he. I always remember about it, Howard. He every game we if we'd play tech or the sectional, regional, semi set, whatever. He would come by the bench and hand me a stick of gum, <laughs> and that <laughs> every game. Like uh, I remember Howard. He was a great guy, though. Yeah. But everybody has yeah. done everybody has done pretty well. I even see uh, the guys from your eighty state championship team, Jerry Snyder. Uh, uh, David Christopher, um, you know, uh-huh. and they'll share pictures of uh, uh, Big Jeff Robinson and uh, Silk. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I, it's I I saw Kevin Tracy not too long ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, talked to him, so he's doing good. Yeah, but uh, it's a it's yeah, a it's a family it's a family. You know that. It is. Yeah. Well, it's a family. That's, yeah. You're right. It is. Especially during yep. that 78 to 89 run, there's just, uh, you know, um, um, it, it is. It's just a big family, and, and most of them are doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot, I think uh, Terry Bryant is in, uh, he's a, uh, he's a uh, member of the uh, Drug Enforcement, Enforcement Agency. Oh, really? Yeah. I wasn't, May- I think Mason was a, in the police was a police officer, wasn't he? Um, I, I actually him. saw Mason about ten years ago here in Houston, but uh, both them are doing really well too. So it's it's nice to, especially from your perspective, I would think that uh, that you see that uh, your work didn't go, uh, you know, yeah. wrong. You know, everybody being successful. You know, right, right. So yeah, that's really I can really enjoy you know seeing everybody be successful. And yeah, it was really cool last year. I got a call. Do you remember Juan Alexander? Yep. And Vince Thomas. Mm-hmm. They called me and said, hey, Coach, we just want to thank you and pay you back for all that you did for us. And we want to take you and your wife out to dinner. So he said, you name the place, we'll go. So I said, oh, that's cool. We met at Bravo Italian restaurant. And they, uh, we had a great time. They took us out for dinner, and we talked, and it was really cool. They gave me a, a Broad Ripple T-shirt. So you're right; it, it's a big family there, at Ripple. Yeah, it w- it was neat. A few years ago, here I uh, went down and um, got this. You know, before Coach Smith passed away, I got to at least have a one last conversation with him when he was working with the Knicks when he came down here to play the Houston yeah. Rockets. So that was a that was nice to do. It was a really surprise of him passing, though, on a simple procedure. That's it was really a shock. Yeah, I know. That yeah. was a shock for sure. Yeah. Well, coach, yeah. we we could talk. We could talk probably another hour. I don't know if. Uh, oh, uh, I know. Yeah, we yeah. could. We could. Well, well I really enjoyed this, Billy, and I yeah. appreciate you having me on and uh, do it again sometime and reminisce some more. 